Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back. And Julie, it is June the 22nd. Um, you did send me a story this morning from Housing Wire. I yes. don't have a subscription, so I can't open it. Uh-huh. But I got the gist of it. Mm-hmm. And you did read it. Yes. So would you like to summarize it? <laughs> well, you know, thanks for putting me on the spot. Um, let's see. It basically gave very very similar points to what we did in our podcast series about a month ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, just laying out the, the facts. And most of it centered on the fact that new construction is still well, not keeping up. We didn't tell them yeah. the title of the Housing Wire story. And it was, yeah. so we're doing this out of context. But yeah. here's the moral of the story is that um, Julie and I were telling you guys, it was probably more like two months ago, mm-hmm. why there's not going to be a housing crash. And we've been yeah. we've been telling you this probably for at least six, maybe eight months. Um, I actually remember doing shows probably this time last year telling them why there wasn't going to be a yes. housing crash, right? For all the same reasons. I think by then we had gotten through the, the main scare of COVID that mm-hmm. it was all going to hit the fan. Right. Things had calmed down a little bit and we were just starting to present that kind of thought pattern. Right. And a lot of people are still almost seemingly hoping for a housing crash, despite all the pain yeah. and suffering it'll create. Yeah. And we've been doing like, you know, as we always do on this podcast, give you guys the direct, no BS, fluff free, you know, way of thinking about life in general, but business specifically as pertains to real estate. And there is no uh, housing crash looming and housing wire was basically using our points from our podcast almost yes. exactly. Yes. And, and their two main points were number one, in a more normal situation, we would just build our way out of a, mm-hmm. an inventory problem. But because things got backed up, um, you know, they they actually tracked it back to 2007 to 2009 when builders stopped cranking out the inventory and never really ramped it back up. Then COVID hits, they stop again. And now pretty much everything they're building has already got a contract on it. And so that's going to take a while to work through. And we're not going to see just like seas and seas of new construction. Well, we talked about that. So that was part A of their article. The second thing was, what about all the forbearances? You know, these are this. This has been the story: is that there's going to be people that didn't get their job back that are severely behind. They're not going to pay their forbearance back. Well, they went through, uh, I think, four different likely cycles. The first one being people are getting their jobs back. The economy is growing. People are hiring, and that they they put that as the number well, one cause. Let's be careful there. Yeah. Econ- economy is not really growing. It's just going back to where it was prior right. to COVID. There's but there not, are jobs. Is the point? There are people are going back to work, but growing compared to the way it was during COVID, yeah, definitely growing. Yeah. So probably people are going to get jobs back, you know. Then the second one was that they they will get employment, but it won't be to match what they used to have, which will cause lenders to still work something out. Maybe they'll do a lot more loan modifications. But that wasn't true either, actually. Because now we have wage we have wage inflation that's actually yeah. causing people to get paid more than what they were getting paid prior to COVID. I mean, you're going back to work for the most part. People are going to be having they're going to be able to command higher wages, and there's also an employee uh, shortage because some people are still they're not going back to work. Right, a lot of people yeah. are just choosing to stay um, unemployed or stay on enhanced unemployment benefits and all these other things. Uh, that are happening in the economy that are unique to this time in history. Yes. Well, their point was even if for whatever reason, because they've been on a, unemployment or whatever, um, people don't get 
reemployed to the point where they can catch up their forbearance and they, they have to let go of the house. So even in that scenario, as we pointed out on our podcast, there is plenty of equity out there. Mm-hmm. And the likelihood of somebody actually being upside down to create a, a short sale, you know, and remember too, it's not until you have no equity that you're okay with foreclosure for most people, because what difference does it make? You get to live in your house for free. And by the way, listeners, with. that is what happened last time. People yeah. basically were, uh, it's sometimes just they owed what the house was worth, and but they could rent the same house down the street for less than what their house payment was, especially since their house payment just adjusted because it was on some sort of short-term adjustable rate mortgage. Well, none of that's happening now. No. Uh, and I remember correctly, there's a record amount of home equity. Like there's more equity in real estate and residential homes than there ever has been in the history of this is like true. forever. Yeah. Okay. So thus, you can still be behind on payments as an extendo forbearance and not have a job. And you're still not a distressed, you know, in terms of financial seller, you're still probably going to be able to sell your house, pay all that off and walk away with some money. That's right. And in fact, I had a case, uh, I listened to a call. Uh, this is from Dan in Reno, actually. And this this person had been in their house for 12 years with no payments. I think that's a new record, at least what I've heard. But what he's doing is he's, the, the person actually knew all of their numbers. Dan's going to do a net sheet for them. And they're going to see, you know, and then the script becomes, you know, which is best for you. You can walk, you know, I can get this for your house. You can walk away with X amount of dollars or you can stick it out until the bitter end, well, you so know, which is best for you. You're touching on what Dan and Reno is doing. That's one of our sources of seller leads is basically mm-hmm. you call old defaulted sellers because oftentimes they'll have defaulted. And this is, I know, a mind boggler for many of you, mm-hmm. but people are actually able to stay in their houses for years if they essentially know how to work the system, which virtually everyone does. The information's readily available. Between, I, again, I just think to how many of you are listening to us that actually were around in uh, the last housing uh, crash. Um, and uh, there weren't very many of you, truthfully. Most of the, the industry turns over so fast. I bet you, I bet you of the maybe 20,000, 30,000 of you that are li- gonna die downloading this show. I bet you very few of you were in the business back then by like, you know, maybe 5,000 of you were in the business back then. Well, there's people that were in default back then that are still in default and haven't had to move out of their houses for a whole variety of reasons. And uh, to Julie's point, what they were doing is they were going in default and stopped making their payments. Maybe they maybe they couldn't make their uh, payment, but in all actuality, they just stopped making their payment because they knew they could live in the house for free. That did happen, is happening. So fast forward. Now these people are going to be uh, have equity in their houses. In some cases, like Reno, they're going to have a lot of equity in their houses, so they can actually sell the house. You know, the a good skilled agent is going to have to, you know, negotiate or an attorney is going to have to negotiate with the lenders. Usually there's two. And then that seller is going to be able to walk away selling the house on the retail market with a realtor, with you, if you know how to do this. And uh, the seller is going to walk away with the check and the, the listing agent is going to walk away, obviously, with the check and as well the buyer's agent. Moral of the story here is, is that you have to learn how to go after sellers in this market. And, you know, everyone's saying, well, when's the market going to improve? I'll tell you, you know, when's there going to be more inventory for sale when there's more agents that know how to actually create the listing inventory is the answer That's right. we're all hoping and praying the builders are going to turn around and start building more well they're going to eventually but it's not going to be in the price ranges that you think that they should be building in because they're not going to make enough profit because the expenses of everything have gone through the roof and we're just getting started yeah well it all comes back to supply and demand doesn't it mm-hmm. at the end of the day now uh, before you guys start thinking oh evidence of foreclosure keep in mind that dan makes hundreds of calls a week mm-hmm. and maybe has uncovered two of these possibilities so they're they are randomly out there but the difference between somebody like dan and and a lot of the agents that never dealt with that is that he thinks to himself 
I'm going to at least run the numbers and give this person an option. Well, he knows how to help them. Exactly. He versus how many set. agents say they hear upside down, foreclosure, distress, I, know, know. I can't help them. Right. You know? Well, I mean, they don't even know what to do. They don't even they know what those really words know what mean. It is. Right. Upside down. What exactly. do you mean you're upside down? Exactly. Exactly. So <laughs> yeah. don't worry well, about it because most of you aren't going to have to deal with much of that. But the point in that story is help people where they are. Well, you might have to deal with a lot of it depending on your market, right? That's I mean, if true. you're if you're still in, I'll give you an example. If you're in New York State, I promise you there's thousands of people basically that are in uh, the situation that Dan experienced out in Reno. So if you're in New York mm-hmm. State, you're going to find tons, thousands potentially of people that are in various stages of default that have equity that could actually get their house out of default and sell the house, and you could help them do that. No, You think there's very many other agents that are calling the sellers and telling them how they can retail the house and walk away with the check? They're getting calls. The sellers are probably getting calls and letters from wholesalers, from flippers, from all these well, other even types. even from buyers door knocking for themselves. Exactly. So you have to be proactive in these situations, and that's one of the things. It's you know one of the many things that we teach. Teach you different you know, twenty different lead sources for generating listing leads. If you want to learn how to be a listing agent, because clearly that's where you're going to have the most freedom. That's where you're going to have the most uh, financial benefit. That's where you're going to be able to help the most people. You need to become a listing agent. We've made it easy for you. Just text the word success to four seven three seven two, and then we're going to link you over to our website. You can join Premier Coaching, or if you'd like to, you can just go to uh, timandjulieharris.com, and the first option under coaching is Premier coaching and you can join premier coaching guys for around a hundred dollars a month now obviously we teach you how to complete you know build your complete real estate uh business and when you uh, become a premier coaching member you are essentially enrolling to be uh, learn a real estate system it's not just one thing we're not just teaching you social networking your listing agent stuff or buyer agent stuff we're teaching you all different ways to build your business in a very duplicatable and predictable manner that is what the premier coaching system is so you can just go over to timandjulieharris.com and go to coaching click on premier and you can join premier coaching today for around a hundred dollars a month so, Julie, what do we have for these guys today? Yes. Okay. So, this is a little bit off the menu, <laughs> but that's kind of the point of it also is to gather some of, at least some of your intel, your education outside of the real estate field. I try to do this so that we keep things fresh and we're not, you know, always rehashing things. Uh, but coaching clients and listeners have been asking for help deciphering difficult situations, negotiating, dealing with potential conflict or sometimes perceived conflict. So what to do when you're feeling really out of sorts with the situation? Okay, so I read a whole bunch of different things, many of them not in the real estate wheelhouse. There's something called the OODA loop, O-O-D-A. It's a four-step process of making effective decisions in high-stakes situations. It involves collecting relevant information, recognizing potential biases, deciding and acting, and then repeating the process with new information. That's why it's called the OODA loop, is you lather, rinse, repeat, right? Okay, so one such military model, this is a little bit in your wheelhouse. I'm with listening. Your stuff, I, I'm reading this for the first loop. time. Yep. This is good. Okay, so developed by strategist and U.S. Air Force Colonel John Boyd, the OODA loop is a practical concept designed to function as the foundation of rational thinking in confusing or chaotic situations. OODA stands for observe, orient, decide, and act. So that's something easy to memorize. Observe, orient, decide, and act. Okay, here's a quote from him. What is strategy? A mental tapestry of changing intentions for harmonizing and focusing our efforts as a basis for realizing some aim or purpose in an unfolding and often unforeseen world of many bewildering events and many contending interests. Okay, so I wrote in our notes, note to self, look for new ways of thinking outside of your real estate world. 
And even Charlie Munger is known for this kind of gathering of information. And Charlie Munger is Warren Buffett's uh, partner. So we use Charlie Munger quotes probably more often than we do Warren Buffett quotes on our yes. podcast just because his uh, and the manner in which he disseminates his content is way more practical and tactical. Uh, Warren likes to talk in, uh, I think, uh, in, in uh, rhymes and, you know, basically yeah. you have to spend a lot of time it's deciphering. Like exactly. And uh, Charlie Munger is very to the point. He's very, uh, you know, we're very Charlie Munger in the way how, how we think. Yes. And he uses this OODA loop as part of his collection of how to think. He said, spend each day trying to be a little wiser than you were when you woke up. Discharge your duties faithfully and well. Systematically, you get ahead, but not necessarily in fast spurts. Nevertheless, you build discipline by preparing for fast spurts. Slug it out one inch at a time, day by day. At the end of the day, if you live long enough, most people get what they deserve. Sounds like a version of do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at a high level. Okay. Yeah, but notice that we said it much more uh, succinctly than he did. I know. Well, I, I think he has to be a little fancier than we do. Yeah. Uh, Munger is known for stating that he systematically builds what he calls a mental toolbox of knowledge. He looks outside of his own field, and that seems to have worked for him and Warren Buffett because, you know, they've only created a return for Berkshire. Did you know it's a 20,000 to 1 return? Yeah. Well, I mean, That's just crazy. to basically, obviously, acknowledge these guys, that is a case of doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do at the highest mm -hmm. level for a long damn period Very of time. Very consistent. Because they've been in business since the 60s. Yeah. And look at the results they're getting, right? Yep. So back to the OODA loop. Observe, orient, decide, and act. It's called a loop because it's meant to be a habit of thinking that you learn to repeat and ingrain in yourself as a strategy for multiple situations, kind of like your go-to thinking method. So let's, let's kind of hash this out a little bit. Step one is observe. What is the actual information you have to work with? Ask lots of questions, get accurate data so you can paint a realistic picture of what you're dealing with. Okay, so how many agents do we know that just kind of react well, not gathering just data. not just agents, but people, people. in general. Sure. Right? So examples, asking the listing agent what's most important to the seller, in addition to price, of course. Another example, asking the lender what stipulations need to be resolved to approve your or the other agent's buyer. Additionally, you've got to learn to disregard irrelevant information that doesn't or shouldn't affect the situation. Okay. So, and, and keep in mind, this uh, actually was this OODA loop is originally applied to fighter pilots. Because they have to make decisions like this all the time, right? And get into that habit. Well, you know, as you're going through this, I'll tell you where my mind went. I was mm -hmm. thinking about um, when everyone's basically inundated with constant streams of information. Right. You know, despite the fact that we beg for all these guys to go media free. Mm -hmm. And if you're not filtering, because that is what this OODA loop thing is, as I read your notes a little bit ahead of what you're talking or what you're reading. Mm -hmm. That is definitely what this is. It's advanced filtration of content. Yes. That's really and it's very pertinent because oftentimes if you're not filtering the content that's making its way into your brain, you have no idea what that little innocuous thought that you picked up <laughs> that you picked up from some little side thing. You don't ha have any clue what um, nasty negative side effects that's going to have on your thinking or the way you're going to approach other aspects of your life. So that's the reason that oftentimes that if you're feeling overwhelmed or stressed, and we talk about this on the show in our book, Harris Rules a lot, the f one of the first and best things you can do, it's completely in your control and your power is go media free. So absolutely prune all forms of content from, you know, don't be going to social, don't be watching TV, don't be reading anything because it's basically designed to trigger you. And oftentimes when you're feeling overwhelmed, it's because subconsciously you're being triggered and it's causing you to not focus on what should be the most important thing in your life or things in your lives. Exactly. And I note to self for you, I'll be interested to see what your fighter pilot client thinks about how we're applying UDA because he has to be familiar with us. 
Anyway, step two is orient. Orientation means connecting yourself with reality and seeing the world as it really is, as free as possible from the influence of cognitive biases and shortcuts. You can give yourself an edge over the competition by making sure you always orient before making a decision instead of just jumping in. That's again from John Boyd. Okay, examples, calm down and think before you react, at least before you react to your prospect, client, or agent that you're working with. Orient yourself to the situation so you make better decisions. Have you dealt with this situation in the past? If so, how did it work out? Do you need help from a coach? If your past strategies haven't worked, you have to find out why and correct course. One of the things he talks about is that people get into like a decision-making default. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's how I always deal with it. I, I always like put it back on the other agent or I always, you know, have this script that sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. Well, most you get pe- stuck sometimes. But most people go to redlining emotionally. Absolutely. That's where, that's the <laughs> normal yeah. default. Well, I mean, Quickly. so thinking on behalf of our clients and our coaching, uh, you know, clients and our podcast listeners, mm-hmm. when you guys are dealing with sellers or buyers for that matter, or anyone really, and they become erratic, it's because they're not putting themselves through this OODA loop. They're going right to, uh, to an emotional reaction because they're being fear-based and they're feeling attacked. They're not calming themselves down. They're not actually focusing on essentially having a logical, thoroughly thought through approach to how they're going to uh, react. And so they just react emotionally. That's right. But you can't do that along with them. Mm -mm. Step number three is decide. Test different decisions for their predictable outcome. Which is more likely to get you or your client the result that they desire? So again, that's not just in real estate, but that's in life. So the decision part, step three, is to test different decisions If I take this stance, what's likely to happen? If I do something else, what's likely to happen? When I did that before, what happened? So you're being introspective. So this is actually, you could expand on that thought too. Mm -hmm. This is the importance that when you're really trying to get somewhere in life, you absolutely hire a professional or follow a proven system to get you there, opposed to just trying to put it together yourself. Because you have to assume, like, I'll make it personal so you guys don't feel picked on, right? If I'm trying to figure out how to become a, uh, like one of our coaching clients and our uh, EXP uh, group members, uh, Michael Zawalski, mm-hmm. he basically became a master diver, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd probably, if I wanted to learn how to, you and I wanted to learn how to dive, I'm going to go and hire a master diver, yeah. right? Now, I could do what a lot of other people would do is I could just kind of ham fist it together, watch some watch videos, YouTube. you know, watch YouTube, do that's what, mo- so, but if you really want to learn to do it and not die and learn to do it, have an enjoyable experience, you're going to hire a professional to lead you and when you're trying to learn something new it just intuitively makes sense doesn't it and yet how coaching clients how podcast listeners are you building your real estate business you're not doing what you logically intuitively know is the smart way to go about doing it you're not taking a methodical uh, pro- uh, you know, following a methodical process you're not following a proven system you're trying to put it together yourself you have to ask yourself why are you doing it that way if you really had superior business knowledge and had a form of real estate business you know you would be us frankly but you have to earn the right to essentially have a system in place that's proven in all markets and it takes decades why would you go through the process of trial and error and and essentially it would needless, cost too much needless, cost too much time, exactly I was about to say money right yeah. why would you do it it doesn't make sense. If you want to ascend and get to the top of the mountain or learn how to be a diver as quick as quickly as you can, hire an expert. It just makes sense, guys. Yes, that's right. Okay, so step number four is to act. Action is testing your decision out. Even if you don't get the exact result intended, you'll have added to your knowledge base and be able to OODA again next time, polishing your skills and strategies. So this, this is just really a decision-making pattern at the end of the day. But what are the three benefits to thinking this way? 
Number one is deliberate speed. It shortens the time you are ruminating about a decision and trains you to logically think instead of emotionally react. You can tell this came out of the military, right? Totally. Okay, number two, becoming comfortable with uncertainty and making decisions anyway. This is a really big one because most people, when faced with uncertainty, do nothing, sometimes for years. Instead, be the one who takes action anyway. You can see this with uh, real estate prospects. When they're not sure what to do, they don't generally do anything. That's why we train our, our you know, people to lead with good questions. Let, let me just point something out, yeah. Julie, because this is really sure, fascinating. Sure. What, the one thing, if you look through all these points that this uh, guy is making uh-huh. and, and you're reading what his filters are and how to apply it, what he's doing is removing emotion. Yes, systematically. That, that's what it's, and then if you're a fighter pilot and you're, you know, trying to think quickly, you don't want to think emotionally. You don't have time to. But why do people find, why do people think that leading with emotions is a super, is a strength opposed to a weakness? I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, I, I'm working on kind of a theory about that, that certain things, whether it's real estate or other stuff like that, you have like this luxury of nothing bad immediately happening to you versus a lot of our examples like sports and being a fighter pilot where the reaction, you know, your result is so immediate. I appreciate that. That's you know a practical I mean? answer, but I don't but I think if you expand upon that, there's been something societally that shifted since you and I yeah. were kids where basically your emotions are more important than your ability to think logically like well, the yeah, like loop. having safe places at the airport and at college. Right, exactly. You know, because I, maybe I feel a little microaggression offended about something. And yet when you run across Charlie Munger and all these people that have really they're accomplished not like that. they're not like that. They know that their emotions and how they're going to think and react emotionally is not going to be where they're going to end up be end up one end up as far as the decision. Sure. And it's less efficient too. Right. But yeah. you know what it goes back to? Hmm. It's ego. Because yeah. if you if you think that that like it's your brain, it's your ego that tells you that your emotional intuitive response is always going to be the right one, and generally speaking, your intuitive response and your emotional response they are not the same thing. And intuition comes from a, a sort of a knowing strength that comes from experience, and then trusting that experience and that muscle actually gets stronger. That's not emotion. Emotion is completely different. And here's the uh, the strange thing that everyone knows, but no one really sort of wants to register when we're talking about stuff like this is that your emotions change constantly. That's right. I mean, we've been you know, standing here doing this podcast for roughly a half hour. Mm-hmm. And how many times have your emotions changed? All the time. All the time. Yeah. It constantly. So if you're going to be beholden or your results in life are beholden to how you feel, your emotional you know, ebbs and your flows, you're never going to do anything. Well, it's not fair to your client either. It has nothing to do with you. It's not fair to you. It's yeah. not fair to your family. That's right. You know, so it's it, a, it is an ego thing at the end of the totally. day. Totally. Okay, let me round the bend because we've got to do Facebook Live here pretty soon. All right, so uh, number th- point number three, these are the benefits to thinking this way. Becoming comfortable with, un- I'm sorry, that point was number, number two. two. Making better decisions in business and in life. Systematically training yourself to look at all the angles, consider different actions, and observe your outcomes. Again, non-emotional. So here's a quote from the biography about uh, John Boyd. And this is a great book you can get from uh, Amazon. Just look up his name, B-O-Y-D. Okay, so Boyd developed the OODA loop with fighter pilots in mind, but like all good mental models, it works in other fields beyond combat. It's used in intelligence agencies, used by lawyers, doctors, business people, politicians, law enforcement, marketers, athletes, coaches, and more. So I think he's had uh, quite a bit of impact. And that's just one of the things that he's contributed. I think he's an interesting guy to study. So really to get wonkish, and I know we have to go to a premier yeah. coaching, but if you look at these points that he's making, it's, it's these points are manifested or you're, they become more, I'll use the word intuition, intuitive. Mm-hmm. The, uh, it's almost exactly a match to um, the stages of learning. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Unconscious incompetence, uh-huh. conscious incompetence, conscious competence, unconscious competence. Yep. Right? If you look at all those four levels of learning, 
this this process will not exist in someone that's unconsciously incompetent. That's true. Or they don't know what they don't know. Exactly. And then, but it will start to manifest, or you'll start. This mm -hmm. will start to resonate with you, depending on where you are. And certainly, and I, I think the uh, I was going to say evolutionary learning of you know mastering real estate skills or whatever. When you're just first getting into this, you're going to be completely. This information will be useless to you unless you're willing to follow a system. And the like these decision making tree this sort of uh, algorithmic approach to basically removing your emotions so you can think logically, that only is going to resonate to someone who's essentially at the point where they're consciously incompetent. That's right, where they've recognized that they need to make that change instead exactly. of just going to their go-to, their, their default decision. Emotions. Yeah. Right. And that's, the re again, guys, if you want to really get control of your thinking and your outputs, you've got to lock into one particular system and stop going, you know, we make fun of all the different things we see agents doing to torture themselves as far as oversaturating themselves with too much information. You know, the fa you know, Facebook polls and going to different Facebook ah, groups. And surveys. like when I see uh, there's certain things that we see occasionally pop up, like, you know, I just had a closing and I have money. What should I be doing with my money? It should, where should I be buying leads from? And then the, the, all the answers pile on. It's because these folks don't know that there's not, there is an answer. And the answer is don't buy leads. You know, there's people are yet to learn in this industry that you do not have to essentially follow the herd. The herd is uh, mostly uneducated from a, from a business perspective. And they're just repeating what other people have said to them because they've never actually taken the time and analyzed the inputs and decide whether or not it actually makes any sense. Mm -hmm. And so here's a good litmus test for all of you who are essentially trying to you know apply the OODA loop to your, to your life with regards to you know real estate and with regards to say, for example, lead generation. Make the filter that you're going to, the logical approach going to be, does it generate profit? And does it generate profit continuously? Does it generate profit consistently? Does it generate profit predictably? And the answer for virtually everything is no, no, and no. It, because they don't. When you're buying business, it's never going to be predictable, duplicatable. It's never going to be something that you're going to ever have any sort of confidence in. It's basically leads roulette. And so what's the answer? Buy more leads from different sources. That's what you're being told constantly. It's all asinine if your goal is to basically have a business that essentially makes it so you're not beholden to buying business, but also so you're, so it's a profitable business. So it's something that is predictable and duplicatable. Wouldn't you love to be able to wake up every morning and know that every single day you choose to, you can set a listing appointment? You can, it's not that far. It's, it's really much simpler than for whatever reason, maybe you're wanting it to be. You know, maybe you think it's supposed to be complicated. Maybe you think it's supposed to be difficult to become a listing agent and to accumulate lots of money, but it's really not. It's just following a system and setting aside your ego and setting aside your preconceived notions uh, for the fact that, yes, this system works and this system will get me into the end zone. Why would I waste time doing anything else? That's right. And if you want proof of that, just come to our Facebook live session. One of them is about to start in about three minutes here. Well, that's only for Premier Coaching members. For Premier members. Coaching right. members because they are the demonstration of the ability to do all of this without build, without buying leads. So, so let me ask you a question yeah. about that. And I know you have to round the bend. But do. you don't necessarily have to do Premier Coaching anymore. We have you know 12 coaches that would love to replace yeah. you doing that. So why do you do it? I, I love to stay in touch with what's going on and to personally help them. And that doesn't mean I have to be on every session all the time. We are going to be uh, folding them into that mix. But, um, you know, I, I think that if you are not in touch with your clients, you're, you start to lose your edge. And I don't believe in doing that. Is that, you know. But also, truthfully, you like I the like experience. Doing it. You, like I, share, you, know, you like sharing their wins with them. I think maybe we live vicariously through their wins sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I, I love celebrating with them when we do um, – on track ahead or behind, we do challenges and victories. So yeah, I, I think it's 
it's a good part of my day. All right, perfect. So listen, guys, <laughs> on that note, so listen, if you're interested in joining Premier Coaching, which all of you should be, just go to timandjulieharris.com, click on coaching. The first option is Premier, and you can join for around $100 a month. You know, just do it, guys. There's really zero downside to you, except for the fact that you're going to be moving forward faster than maybe some of you are going to be comfortable doing, but we'll get you there. If you need me for anything, if you'd like to talk with Julie and I about joining our EXP group, uh, please feel free to text me directly at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. In the meantime, have a fantastic day. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.